This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. TCL Broadcast Studios. Mackie and Rami are both out today. So it's Judd with Danny. Oh, you took the shortcut. And, well, I'm not going to do it every single he time. He wasn't confident no, no, no. enough. Rami I'm not going to do it every time. Because oh, Rami, Rami also, hold on time. a second. I'm going to show you something, Harrison. Rami also takes this whole page of where you can find various Score North entities and they reads it every single find. time. He reads it every yeah, single you time. you haven't mentioned it once, by the way, so good job on you. The Score North mobile app available in the Apple and Google Play stores. You can listen live and demand on demand via the score app and the longer you listen the more points you rack up for potential rewards the score north mobile app is also a one-stop shop for all written content on scorenorth.com where you can find the written work of danny cunningham hello and judd zolgad the zolgad hammerhead you can type in nothing better i can't wait for one later tonight when he has his column do you have one ready to go no not yet oh but there will be one don't you worry scorenorth.com you can i'm not done yet I'm you, helping you. you this, can, is, this is supplementing your read. This is high quality You content. can type in live.scorenorth.com into your web browser. If you have an Amazon Alexa device, just say, Alexa, open Score North. And you just did it for him. So, good job. I don't buy that, by the way. No, it, it works. works. I don't think it works. It, it absolutely works. Alexa, open Score North. We don't have an Alexa in here, Judd. Oh, geez. No, but my point is, if it just worked, call me. <laughs> Just call me and tell me it worked. I want to know it worked. 651-646-8255. I want to know if it worked. I don't think it works. I don't buy it for one second. Did you just think if you say Alexa open no. score north and Alexa just pops into the room like, oh, score north. <laughs> the door swings open. Do you, do you think that day's not coming? Do you think that day's not coming? You've got a point. When Alexa's going Alexa to come in and be like. into the room like Kramer. Hello, Mr. Zolgad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go to the phone lines. And I'm serious. If that just worked, call me. 651-646-8255. I don't think it works. Or if it does work, call us, put your phone by Alexa, and let us say Alexa Play Score North into your Alexa. I like that even more. Hi, Frank. How are you? Thanks for holding. I'm doing very well, and your two partners are crazy. Thank you. Why? They would have bought, bought Tyson years ago yep. on pay-per-view. Yep. 38 seconds later, fight is over. Okay? Yeah. Now they buy MME, or whatever the, the new wrestling is, and seven seconds later, it's over. <laughs> the, the guy wins. I'm telling you, you go for the event. I'm not watching those things either, but right, even right. if it was Tyson, Tyson's a legend. 
Like going to see a legend is something. I'm not trying to go see 20 horses I've never heard of and am never going to care about but you, again. But the big event, Mike Tyson's a different story. Okay, but the but we're talking about we're not talking about the fact that you care about the horses. We're talking about a sporting event that is ingrained in the in the heritage of this country's love of sports. Not me. The Kentucky Derby. It's not ingrained in my love of sports, and that's what I care about. I don't care about the country's love of sports. I care about my love of sports. I'm not trying to waste my weekend going to Kentucky to watch horses run for 20 and they seconds. And my old Kentucky home, and everyone cries. I'm not crying. People cry at that. I promise I'm not crying. Hi, John. Hey, how are we doing? Good, John. What's up? Hey, I say your buddies are fools. We were down there last year. It was on my bucket list, yep. and I wore shorts and the most obnoxious sport coat, and people didn't know who I was. They probably thought I had lots of money because they had lots of money, and it was incredible. It was so intense. It what? was the best time ever. It would have been more respectable, I think, if you wore, like, a tank top instead of a sport coat. <laughs> See, if you go, and, and if I were uh, to you... go, I would break all the dress code rules because I'm sure there's proper Kentucky Derby etiquette and rules and whatever and all that garbage that I don't care about. I'm wearing basketball shorts and a T-shirt. John, what was the coolest the part? Hey, John, what, what, was, yeah. what was the coolest part of the entire experience, did you think? Just seeing all the crazy people and what they go through for just this weekend. All the hats that came into the hotel and how they got all dolled up. It was absolutely insane. Uh, and then a lot of drinking and cigars. Lots of drinking and cigars. I don't smoke, but I do drink. Thanks, John. What's with the hats? It's just part of the fun of it. But why? Like I, I don't sound, understand. You sound it. like you're my age. Like I'm not. I just no. Just, I don't understand. It's hats. just part of the fun. The, the, hats the hats are, are dumb. dumb. The women the wear hats. Really why? The no. women and the guys wear hats. It's old no. school. It's like going, the obnoxious hats are dumb. Why? Because they are. Because they are. What's the point of it? You're going to a horse race. But how that, much money do you? Do you hat? How much money do you spend on a stupid hat to wear one time? I ain't doing it. Nope. Well, I'm not asking you to do it, but allow that some people enjoy that. It's fun. It's sort of. It's sort of cool. We have different definitions of cool. Uh, hi, Dave. What is going on, guys? What's up, Dave? Um, How are you? Oh. I'm losing here, Dave. No, you're gonna you're gonna win this. No, Come he's on, not, Danny, Dave. John, you got to get this together. We did like nine years ago. We took a RV from Minnesota down to the Kentucky Derby for a bachelor party. We sat in the infield. I would say of all the guys, most of which were not in the typical Derby gear. They were in the basketball shorts and tank, maybe not tank tops because it rained on us. But we did that, partied, so the inside bars down there on inside the track ran out of booze by the Derby. The ATMs were empty. Like, that was one of the highlights of seeing an ATM out of money because it's like that's how many, people people were losing. But it, it was – there's races throughout the day. It's not like it's a one race thing. There's 11 races throughout the day or 14 races throughout the day. It's yeah. 10 more races I don't care about. But it's the, the roar of the crowd when the horses take off the anticipation for that derby, the roar of it, it, it is pretty cool. It's one of those things like a, a person should see. Like we, we did the same thing with the Indy 500. It was kind of like that. Like these are things you just, even if you're not a big fan, it's worth it to see it once. After the one time in the infield probably is it for us. If we go again, we'd sit up in the crowd and try to do that sort of thing. So can you actually see anything from the infield? Like, did you actually see any of the races, Dave? Yes. So they, so they have, it's different than if you go out to Canterbury resorts where they've got a couple jumbotrons on the far side of the tracks as well. Okay. So you can, you can see there's, there's not a spot that you can't see the Derby from. And really from the, 
like in the infield, we were all the way on the back stretch. So we were right up against kind of the turf course. So we had a really good view as the horses ran by us the one time, and then we just had to go back to the Jumbotron and be able to watch all of it. I think it's fine. You can't use that as an excuse if you can't see it. You can get bets back there. They have betting terminals all over. You can get drinks. You can do that whole party up. People have flags galore, and they celebrate where they're from. You see the Kentucky and the Alabama and Arkansas. Everybody's got their flags up, and it's it's a massive party. There's 40,000 people on the infield. Like, Thanks, Dave. Having a good time. Appreciate the call. You know got where calls uh, yeah. ATMs wouldn't run out of money in Vegas? Should have gone there for a bachelor party. Jim, you're up next. Okay. So, question. Answer, Jim. Danny and Jonathan would rather waste six months watching the Timberwolves than attend an iconic (laughs) sporting event. Jim, here's the difference. He wants no part of either one. Jonathan doesn't watch the Wolves, and I get paid to watch the Wolves. So, yeah. I would rather get paid to watch bad basketball than pay a lot of money to watch two minutes of horses. You don't get paid enough to watch the Timberwolves. That's a train wreck. Um, Jonathan, can you cut this? Because when I my will, contract is up in a couple of months, <laughs> you I want call, to negotiate with Jim. Do you want to call Phil Mackey and tell him that? Yeah, that might Jim, help. can you uh, can you call back on Wednesday when Phil is back on the show and regurgitate this take for me, please? Jim is right, by the way. <laughs> no, I wouldn't be paying anybody to watch the Timberwolves. Oh, come on! Okay, cut that part out. Cut that part out, Jonathan. That, that <laughs> but, didn't happen. But Jim's right. The, the word iconic is perfect. This is an iconic event. This is this is like the Daytona 500, the Indy 500, Kentucky Derby, maybe not the Preakness and the Belmont, but those are all things that if you have any sort of love for sports at all, you want to attend just for the event. I've got a lot of love for sports. Thanks, I don't Jim. want to attend any of those things. Are you serious? I have no desire to. I don't, okay. I, I've been lucky enough to go to a lot of really cool sporting events. I've been to the World Series. I've been to the NBA Finals. Yeah. I've been to even the NFL Combine, but which is no a desire fan to, type one thing. Time in your life, I've been to major well, college NFL bowl com- games. I've been to the Combine. It combines the Combine. Combine's kind of fun, though, because that's a party, too. That's well, a yeah, big party. Yes, but we're talking about the difference here is, is nothing Indy 500, there. the Kentucky Derby, the we're ta- um, Daytona. These are, these are events that I would certainly n- never go to on a regular basis. But I think to go once would be great. I'd love to see those events once. I'm just and if you decide you don't like I them, I can't get the, into it. You don't go back. Ever. I don't think it's worth the money that it would take to go. Hey, Mike. Thanks for holding. Hey, how's it going? You're not alone, my friend. Hey, before I, I throw my two cents out there, how young are your? How old, rather, or whichever it is, <laughs> are your two detractors? Just curious. Uh, I am 25, 28, and the uh, 25 and 28. Yes. Well, there's your explanation. Only millennial would not see past a bigger event and just see the sporting event. Um, see, I'm not a big horse racing guy, but I've been once, and it was epic. It's bigger than just the race. And if you can sit through God knows how many minutes of basketball and watch for the last minute and a half of an NBA game, this is certainly worth the payoff. The NBA is exciting, though, Thanks, for 48 Mike. minutes. The, the horse racing is, it's two minutes and then you move on. Right, but he just said it, but... We're talking about the whole event here, like the whole day. We're not talking about if if it was just the race and it was just run uh, by itself, then I'm with you. Then it wouldn't be that exciting. But we're talking about the buildup, the entire day, the fact that all of these people and I like the hats. I think the dress up is fun. And how much do mint juleps cost? I'm not drinking a mint julep. I hear they're disgusting. I, don't I hear know they're, they're not gross. Good. Let's not have that. 
I'm good. Well, I'm, I'm curious okay, how much they cost. I don't care if well, you want to drink it or they not. They probably cost 15 bucks. I want to know what the cost they is. They probably cost way too much. Exactly. But like, I'm everything not doing there, you know why the ATM ran out of money? Because everything's overpriced. Yeah, which is why you only go once. That's why you don't go. Hi, Ben. Hi. What's so, up, yeah, Ben? I wanted to weigh in about the hats. Oh, the, uh, I want some hat takes. So, yes. Yeah, so, I'm a big hat collector. I collect a lot of baseball hats, but I've also been collecting a lot of fedora-type hats. Oh, I like it. Okay. And so, for the outfit, yeah, I get about the experience for a judge take, a judge take on going just one time, the experience. But with the hats, the, the tradition behind hats is they also add height to you. And what guy doesn't want to have added height? At least, you know, the average guy out there, you know? So, I don't know. I think hats look nice. They're uh, They're kind of a fun, unique kind of part of... Uh, well, at least the old school society. So, I don't. Know. I like hats. I I got a. I bought a. Uh, I had a grandma who was a hat aficionado, so I bought a Indiana Jones hat in memory, uh, nice. in kind of memory of her. But I don't. Know. I think they're pretty cool. Thanks, Ben. Never th- thought of it as a height device. I'm very comfortable with my height. I, I don't wear hats to try and be taller. Ma- I don't, Manny wears ha- ha- hats not all the time. A, I'm not a hats guy, but I'm telling you, the fedora looks good. Do you? Th- I want to know if if Manny Hill, because he wears hats all the time. I want to know if he wears a hat to try and add to his height. That's what Manny I'm really curious about. Manny doesn't need to add to his. Height. I'm. I know, but he wears hats all the time. Does he not? Yes, but I don't think I don't think it's a height mechanism. I think it's because he likes hats. I mean, I'm I'm sure he does like hats. Manny, can you hear us, Manny? Can you? You got, I got us? you guys. Okay. What's up? Do you wear hats to try and make yourself appear taller? No. Okay, because we had a caller, Ben, who said that... <laughs> what, do you want to be that, six, whatever? Yeah, I mean, you never know. I'm man. over six feet, so that's good enough. Am I, I crazy, man? Am I crazy? I said that the the um, Kentucky Derby, uh, Daytona, Indy, these are events that, even though I don't really care about the sport that much, I would jump at the opportunity to go to once, and both these guys said, ah, who cares? You're crazy. Uh, Kentucky Derby, yeah. I think I, I would... I would do that Daytona and and the Indy 500 I don't, I five or six years ago I probably would have said yeah but it's just I don't know that because of the I think especially with like IndyCar and with you know NASCAR because of the star power has kind of gone downhill a little bit there just aren't that many huge names in the sport anymore I probably wouldn't wouldn't think too much about going to either of those two events but five or six years ago when it was like really big and there were a lot of big names and yeah i probably would have gone to a I think, 500 if i could have afforded it i think that's why i understand the the 500 for the indycar or the daytona because you can be attached to the drivers you can be a fan of a driver but with the these horse races you're not a fan of any of the horses you don't know who the horses are prior to the race. And not, you never hear from them again after. They're I, all they they run for like three months, I told and that's you, that. I told you I'm not going because I like the horses. I'm going because the event is neat. Here's what I'll say: Who was it that won the Triple Crown a couple of years ago? No idea. American Pharaoh was it? Yeah, I think that's that right. won the Triple Crown. Yep. If I would, and, and I understand that the obviously the Kentucky Derby is the first race of the Triple Crown, so this kind of makes it sort of moot, but. If it's the third race, which yep. is what, the Preakness is the third race? Belmont. The Belmont is the third race. Preakness is up next. And if a horse is going for the Triple Crown, then I would love to be there to see if it happens. Okay, here's what I want. But that's but that's probably where it would stop with me in terms of like actually wanting to be there. So here's what I want. Maximum Security is the horse that got DQ'd, right? Yeah. I want maximum security to win the next two legs of the triple crown and then have a real good I got bad news for you. I know. 
No prickness for him. He's mad. He's striking. <laughs> he said, he said, I do care. Danny Cunningham's wrong. I care a lot. See, the preakness can't be that good if the horse that won the Kentucky Derby on the first try doesn't even want to go. <laughs> I can't. I can't win, Manny Hill. I just can't win. Take a break. Uh, TCL Broadcast Studios. Jim Peterson, Fox Sports North, does an outstanding job on the Wolves. Will join us next. Purple Daily. Football has been my love and passion my entire life. Find out what's happening with the Purple and talk about it. You and I are not on the same page. That's what makes this more fun. Breaking it down. Do I think that is the Vikings' long-term solution, a quarterback, to a problem in this town that's been a problem for a long, long time? Absolutely not. Because the Vikings are on your mind all the time, not just during the season. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that all day. I'm not surprised. Football wins. Football always wins. Right? Purple Daily on Score North. Scorenorth.com. Thank you, sir. TCL Broadcast Studios, Zolgad and Danny Cunningham today with uh, Rami and Mackie out. Now let's go to the phone lines where we're joined by uh, the outstanding analyst for Timberwolves basketball on Fox Sports North, our friend Jim Peterson. How are you today, sir? Good, Judd. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, your, your initial reaction and thoughts on uh, Gerson Rosas and what we learned today about what he plans to do as the president of the basketball operations of the Timberwolves. It's an upgrade. That's my initial okay. analysis. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's an upgrade. I think that, um, I mean, Judd, I've been with this team for 21 years, and there's never really been alignment uh, with business and basketball. And then think of the president of basketball operations and who's held the job in those 21 years. So when I came on board, Kevin McHale was the guy. And then when Kevin left, David Kahn took over. And then after Kahn, it was flip. And after flip, it was Tibbs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the job title of president of basketball operations has changed so much. You think of, you know, when Kevin McHale came on board, you know, Mac is one of the, uh, most brilliant basketball minds that I've ever been around. I mean, just a basketball genius. I sat next to him at many a shoot around practice and talked the game with him a ton. And you're not going to find very many people that know more about the game of basketball than Kevin McHale, but the job has changed so much. You have to be an executive. You've got to juggle so many things. The, the, the player programs, part of what this job entails and managing all of that. And, and, uh, the player programs is not just uh, the onboarding of athletes when you trade for them, draft them, or get them in free agency. It's it's player development, and it's the G League, and it's um, it's the medical staff. Medical has changed so much in the past ten years, um, in in what in how teams treat players uh, medically. That you know there are some teams that have these huge medical budgets, and and so. Now, when you're dealing with free agents and you're trading players, I mean, players, there's a lot of teams that spend a ton of money in that area. And so when they go to different teams, they, they know what's good and what's bad. And uh, so I just think it's a situation where that job has changed us a bunch since Kevin McHale. Plus, it's a global game now more than any, more than any time. I mean, McHale, as great as he was, he wasn't willing to go you know, spend you know, um, th- two weeks in Europe to try to go find the next manager, Ginobili or Tony Parker. Um, he wasn't going and traveling uh, on the weekends to go see college players play. Um, I, I, I don't know David Kahn's, um, you know, all of his travel schedule, but he didn't have the depth of knowledge in, the, in terms of identifying talent. We saw that in his drafting. Um, Flip was 
both president and head basketball coach. Flip was probably one of the best evaluators of talent. I think he was always miscast as a, I think he would have been a better executive because he was so good at wheeling and dealing and, and he had so many great relationships. I think it had, he just been an executive, he would have been phenomenal, but, um, and had Mikhail and Saunders flipped their roles. I think that would have been the best case scenario, but you know, everything was just, different back then and then with Tibbs I mean again when your head coach is your president of basketball operations who's going out to see the players so when draft time comes you know Tibbs really didn't know um, Flip really didn't know I mean yeah he's got all this experience and stuff but for the first time in my 21 years we've got a president of basketball operations who has been a video coordinator he's been a coach um, he's been a scout for many years he's worked in a super advanced system in, in, with another program. Um, and, you know, Gerson is just, he's, he's worn so many different hats. And then he's been with an organization that um, really everybody kind of wants to figure out what Daryl Morey's doing. What is this mad scientist doing behind the scenes? Well, Gerson knows. And uh, Gerson's going to try to bring some of that sort of advanced thinking of the game into the system, which, you know, the Timberwolves have been, you know, really kind of lacking when it comes to basketball strategy. Um, you know, the three-point shooting is just a, a symptom of that, but there are other things involved with that concept as well. So I, I just think that when I say upgrade, I just explain to you just a few ways that, that that's the case. Jim, today one of the things that Gerson continued to push was that he was going to be questioning the norm or the way that things are con- are usually done in basketball. How did you interpret that? Well, just what I said, you know, I, th- I think that when when you look at how, uh, this is just a for instance, uh, it, when you look at how the Houston Rockets utilize their G League team, um, and at the time the D League team, so, you know, the Rio Grande Valley Vipers um, were sort of a, a Petri dish for Daryl Morey to kind of test some of the ideas that he had about the game. And when you talk about forward thinking, uh, and, you know, by the way, the NBA does the same thing with rules changes and such. They test they test some of these rules changes, uh, you know, when they decided to go on the 14-second reset on an offensive rebound. Um, that was something they did in the WNBA, but they also did it at the G League level. So the G League and, and the WNBA have been kind of like these test markets. Well, Gerson was was the GM of the Rio Grande Valley Vipers, along with his other duties with the Houston Rockets. So they were using their their G League team to, to what would it be like if we only shot threes and shot. Uh, layups and got to the free throw line a ton. You know, what would happen? Because nobody was really doing that. I mean, just look at three-point totals for teams, even teams like the Houston Rockets and Golden State Warriors, who are the gold standard now when it comes to playing the the pace and space kind of system. Well, Daryl Morey wanted to use the the Rio Grande Valley Vipers as a a test market. So one thing with Tibbs, you know, he really didn't have any interest in our G League team. There was no alignment, the, the, the coaching philosophies the coaches didn't spend a ton of time here in minneapolis learning what tips did i don't think the systems were um on par of course you know there, there's going to be a lot of similarities and and such but you know with these really advanced teams their their g league teams are totally intertwined with the big team there's no there's no uh you know you know kind of wondering you know how do i fit in here you, you know exactly how you fit in so um when you're testing you know Ideas. Um, I think that Gerson will figure out ways to utilize Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, his is not going to be Houston Rockets North. They aren't going to come. We don't have James Harden on our team. We don't have Chris Paul on our team. We have Carl Anthony Towns. So, 
I think Gerson will look for ways to utilize Carl Anthony Towns in different situations than we hadn't think than we than we previously hadn't thought of. So I, I think whoever the coach is, whether it's Ryan Saunders, which I think is uh, there's there's an excellent opportunity for Ryan because I think Gerson really understands that Ryan could be a really really great coach. So, but there's there's got to be alignment, and that's one of the things that really kind of you know turned us on about uh, about Gerson when he was in the interview process was he used that word alignment a lot, which is a word that I think we all kind of are looking for is alignment with the owner, alignment with the basketball front office, alignment with the business side, with the coaching staff, and with the players, and so. When you see the good teams, uh, Golden State probably is the gold standard of total alignment up and down the, the franchise, from owner all the way down to equipment manager. And, uh, you know, so I, I think that's one of the things that Gerson's talking about when he's saying that. Hey, Jim, if Gerson were, were to ask you uh, right now, how do I go about getting the most from Andrew, what would the response be? Well... I think one of the things that he's uh, he's considering. I think first of all, Andrew's an undervalued stock who um, has has a lot of upside. So, I think that one of the things is that he's going <clears> to <throat> look at diet. I think he's going to look at accountability. Um, you know, Andrew hasn't really improved his body very much, and I think that's one thing that when these players, when the season ends and these players take off and they go to wherever they go. And for Andrew, he, he spends time in, in, uh, you know, Canada, he goes to LA some, but he's got a little, a little baby now. So there is somewhat of a, you want to start building sort of a family, you know, his, his, his mom and dad is here. His family is very important to him. And I think that there's ways to get leverage on players. Um, he, he did it. Gerson, you know, would tell stories about players that, that he's had these conversations with. And that's another thing that Gerson is very good at, you guys, is that he's very good at building relationships with players because it's what he did when he's with the Houston Rockets. Um, um, he had a, has, has a great relationship with James Harden. And, you know, I'm not saying that Gerson is the reason why James Harden kind of turned his career around, but James Harden was not in great shape. When Kevin McHale was the coach there, uh, James was not in great shape, but they convinced James that... From a, and this is part of their their great medical staff that they have down there. Keith Jones is their trainer, but Keith was uh, Keith at one time. I I knew Keith Jones when he was a trainer at the University of Minnesota, and so you know they they kind of convinced James and and James you know had to commit himself to it, but to kind of change his body and change his eating habits. And you're hearing players talk about this a lot more now. You're hearing, hearing them talk about you know their workout regiment and their shooting regiments and their their cleaning up their diets and eating cleaner. And uh, I think that a lot of these guys aren't paying lip service to it. So some of that can, ha- can, can happen for Andrew. I think that he needs to get into you know, a training routine where he's going to start putting on a little bit more bulk so he can finish through contact and contend with you know, the bigger threes and be stronger than a lot of the twos so he can have an advantage. So you know, he, he is, I think, a little bit, um, undersized for how athletic he is. So there's room for growth there. I, th- I think Gerson, I think most fans would say, you know, let's just package Wiggins up and get him out, you know, get him out of here. I don't think Gerson's of that mindset. I think he's of the mindset, I want to help this young man because I feel like he's a supremely talented young kid. 
Jim, obviously the Rockets were incredibly creative in the way that they rebuilt. They went from being a, a team that was 41 and 41 in 2015 to now a team that's a legitimate championship contender. What types of creative things are, is Gerson going to have to do here to make kind of maybe not that quick of a turnaround or that drastic of one, but to get this team headed in the right direction? Well, you know, Gerson really cuts his teeth in uh, player valuation, in scouting. Uh, you know, his uh, he, he spent a lot of time getting on airplanes. I uh, mean, you talk to the really good um, president of basketball operations, general managers, whatever their structure is, they play with these titles all the time. There are some guys who are general managers who that is the, the president title. It's the top title. Um, so, you know, and I know Donnie Nelson really well you know, who's the general manager with the Dallas Mavericks. And, and Donnie was an assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors when I played for the Warriors. And I've talked to Donnie and some of their scouts about how much he's on the road, uh, both in Europe and here in the United States, going out to see players. Um, because, you know, the way Donnie tells it, you know, on draft night, uh, when Mark Cuban is looking at him, um, you know, he wants to know that Donnie has laid eyes on this player and has an opinion. And that's where, you know, we've been kind of behind the eight ball because a lot of times these scouts are, you know, it's one of the things that happened with Jamal Murray, you know, when, when Tibbs is sitting there as president and he hasn't really gone out and seen all these guys, they, he hasn't seen Buddy Heald, Heald two or three times. He hasn't seen Jamal Murray two or three times. Um, he had him in for a workout, but, you know, you, you, you miss on a player like that. And that's not even like, you know, that, that's, you just can't miss on players like that. You can't, you can't pick a Chris Dunn over Jamal Murray or Buddy Heald. If, you're, if your scouts are telling you, you know, one thing and, and you're going against the grain because you have a hunch and, and you haven't gone out and, and done, done the work, it's one thing if you've been out there and, and you have the evaluation. Like, I've seen this kid with my own eyes four times. You know, I want I, this kid. I believe in this kid. Then I go, okay. But if, if you've been coaching the team and not been out there, then I just, you know, and that's every time. That's Doc Rivers. That's everybody. That, that's, you know, uh, Stan Van Gundy. That's everybody that's had this job as president and coach. That's why these, these owners have been separating these guys from, uh, from, their, uh, from, from their titles like that. So I just think that, for me, the player development side, that's one of the things that Gerson was in charge of in Houston was player development, along with the G League. So player development means a lot of things. It means not just player development, you know, drafting some kid, getting it better. It's, it's also taking a chance on a PJ Tucker, like, you know, PJ, you know, had some success with the Phoenix Suns, but they bring him in and they plug him into their system uh, with coach D'Antoni. Um, and you know, he fits, they, they, they find that Gerald Green, who like was an undervalued stock as well, who, you know, for a lot of teams, Gerald Green probably wouldn't be a fit, but, within their, their player development and their, their coaching staff and their style of play, they identified a kid that was, you know, kind of cast aside and, and drifting, you know, and all of a sudden they bring him in and they plug him in. And, and Gerald Green isn't great every night, but, boy, he's helped them win a lot of basketball games this season and uh, last season. Um, you know, you can just go on and on with, with uh, the player development side, but it, it's having a cohesive framework of of, of you know, and a philosophy of player development and the kinds of players you want to bring in and the guys you think you can get better. I think that, you know, Gerson just had a wealth of experience in that area. Thanks, Jim. Great stuff. Much appreciated. 
Sorry, you, you know, I didn't feel like it was a conversation. I felt like it was just me just like kind of kind of rambling. But are you kidding? You guys, no, no, no. We love you, that. No, thank you. Well, I just I just want to give you guys a download because yes. just, you know this is an important hire for us. Yes, you guys, you guys have been very supportive of our team and and of me particularly. I, I appreciate you guys a lot, and you know, Manny's been a good friend. But Judd, you know, you guys have always been great. So I just I just want this thing to work out. I think I think uh, Gerson's going to be a great hire and. Um, you know, hopefully we get some luck come the lottery. Hopefully we can jump up, uh, you know, into the top three or four. <laughs> I told Danny though it hasn't gone well. The lottery hasn't gone well. It's gonna, Jim. It's it's never happened for us, Danny. We're due. So. <laughs> There's no time like the present. <laughs> I agree. All right, great stuff, okay, Jim. Guys. Thank you. Okay. All right. Okay, bye bye. Jim Peterson, uh, Fox Sports North Wolves analyst. He is among the best, not just in town, in the business. Oh, he Jim's, Jim's awesome. Jim's real great. So let's do this. Let's take a break. Uh, we're going to wrap with Royce next. It's Zolgad Cunningham. We're in the TCL Broadcast Studios. But before we wrap with anybody, I want to talk to you about my friends at Certable Painters. And you know what? I'm going to come clean now. I often express my frustration with sports teams in this town, right? Because, you know, something's up with the basketball team or the hockey team. They're not in the playoffs, things like that. Well, let me tell you about a team that won't let you down. And those are the folks at Certable Painters. I am absolutely thrilled. I am ecstatic by the job they recently did at my house. They made my guest room and bath look like new. Two words come to mind, and these very much can be associated with teams or the folks at Serta Pro Painters when it comes to the job that they did in my house, professional and thorough. And now it's your turn to contact Serta Pro Painters and feel the same satisfaction, the happiness that I did. Perhaps it's a room or two that you need painted in your house. Perhaps it's the exterior work that needs to be done this spring or summer. And you know what? The spring or summer is coming. It's going to warm up. Well, it helps that each Serta Pro Painters business independently owned and operated, so it's right here in your community. I urge you to Schedule your free estimate online at certapro.com or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. That's CERTA with a C. Find out for yourself the type of quality you get from CERTA Pro Painters. Again, free estimate online, certapro.com or by calling 800-GO-CERTA. Again, CERTA with a C. CERTA Pro Paintings, Pro Painters, excuse me. We do painting, you do life. We wrap with Roycey next. TCL Broadcast Studios, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Today is without Mackie and Rami, but Danny. Hello. How's that? Let's uh, let's wrap with Roycey now. And uh, Patrick, do you want to give a preview of <coughs> Roycey Unchained, which became Roycey no. Unhinged, that starts at six o'clock? Well, it's it, it just a pleasure to interface with you guys today. I think it's uh, fantastic. <laughs> although, although if I'm not in the room, we can't interface, right? Does that count? Is that interface? Is it interfacing? I think I have to be in the room to interface. I, I don't know, but whatever it is, the pleasure is mine, Patrick. Okay, and uh, well, as long as we have a 360-degree vision of what we're trying to accomplish here. We'll be- what do you think about our culture and family culture as well here? Yeah, culture, yeah, yeah. Uh, forget about me, I love you. That's, uh, that's good, right? That's PJ. I, I went back and read PJ's uh, uh, opening transcript when he got the job. Yes. Because I was going to write kind of an apology to him, but... Nah, I can't do it after reading that thing. It was, it was a, it was an avalanche. But uh, he and Ethan, whatever the hell his name is, would get along good. I'll tell you that. Wait, wait, what? Uh, what were you going to apologize I, for? For uh, making fun of all his corporates, all his okay. words when uh, he got out buzzed today at the uh, Timberwolves. Uh, uh, press conference, but uh, or whatever it was, it wasn't. We can't call it a press conference since the media was not allowed to ask any questions. So uh, I guess we'll have to call it a uh, 
A pre-press conference, was it? A press conference warm-up, right? Made for television event. It was a made-for-TV special. Now, I'm getting reports that Gerson was just fine when he did the one-on-one stand-up with everybody around. They just didn't want anybody to ask him, you know, about leaving leaving Dallas. They didn't want anybody to ask him about, Brian, you know, you're going to really hire a 32-year-old coach. And, uh, you know, they didn't want to ask the uh, tough questions. They didn't want the tough questions to be on TV. So that's why they're doing it this way now, I guess. Who do you? It was a joke. Who do you suppose failed to get to the poor guy and tell him, "Hey, that Sid part, don't do it because Sid's not here." <laughs> don't throw the Sid in. Who? I here's what I feel bad about. Who did he think looked like Sid? He <laughs> looked like out there. That was. I mean, who's looking ninety nine outside of Sid? I, you know, I wasn't there, so he couldn't have mistaken me, the other crusty guy. So, uh, oh. yeah, that was uh, that was you. You know, a guy was tuned up. Uh, a to answer the three set pat questions that allegedly were sent in by season ticket holders, and uh, B uh, what he's what he he has to do what has now become the traditional good to see a sit thing when Sid wasn't actually there. So, Patrick, this is your this is your go ahead. This is your favorite press conference since when? Oh, they're all. Uh, I can't remember. Uh, I can't, I've never seen one like this. I guess Brewster's opening one, which kind of introduced us to the uh, the Pepfest uh, yep. press conference, which we hadn't had Pepfest press conferences before. Yep. And now they've become traditional at the university. And I guess we'll get used to these now where they uh, somebody, somebody got to Ethan and told him that this is the way to do press conferences. Just don't let the media actually ask questions. Not at least during the TV part of the thing. So uh, that's 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 a new thing, and uh, it, it's probably catching on around the country. I would think because you can't trust us, right? Well, right, yeah, because I mean, we're we're going to ask what what happened in Dallas. Why were you only in well, Dallas for a few months? Yeah, yes. And I was looking up. I was looking up the. As I said, I looked up the PJ one, and somebody asked him about the player he had recruited to Western Michigan who had the sexual assault charges against him. And uh, you know, and and made a rather big issue out of that, and uh, and they didn't, uh, you know. That's if, if the university had it to do over again, they would have run it just like this too. Just let PJ talk, right? And, mm-hmm. uh, and then and then later turn off the TV cameras and uh, and and go that way. So anyhow, you know, we we got to have hope for this guy, despite the fact he got put through that charade this morning. And uh, you know, he's. Uh, He's been at it a long time, and uh, he's still a young man, so uh, I'm sure he's got the energy. And uh, I hope he just spends a lot of time on basketball and not not going out and meeting people and becoming collaborative. <laughs> I don't want collaborative. I want a guy finding basketball players and figuring out how to get out of the mess that they're in now. I don't care if he's collaborating with the corporate customers, corporate customers or not. You know he will be, though. You know that's part of the deal. I agree with you, but the, the, they're going to have him. This poor guy is going to be on the phone to every Tom, Dick, and Tracy that just dropped their season tickets, begging them, telling them why they should pony up. Uh, yeah, well, he might make a few calls. I, I can't imagine he's going to spend uh, much of his. I mean, they're they're smart enough to know that they they just. They just don't want a guy who's going to say no to everything like Tibbs did. You know, no, 
going to do that. So uh, they want somebody to, you know, jump through a few hoops for them. But this whole notion that Cheryl Reeve and all these other parties were in on the decision is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. She had as much to do with hiring this guy as I did. Uh, it's just a bunch of crap. But uh, anyway... That's what. That's the kind of good stuff you're here today on. <laughs> Unhinged. Yes. It was absolutely perfect. I've calmed down a little. I was. Uh, I was uh, very upset uh, watching the uh, press conference and watching the charade of, uh, of once again playing us for Stooges. It was good you stuff, know. though. Well, yeah. If you like to, you know, I was uh, looking at the transcript here. We don't have all the good stuff. We don't have all the horror cliches, though. They kind of trimmed them up, so a little bit out, out of some of them, some of Ethan's, but I think I wrote down most of them. So, anyway. Hey, hey can you can you tell me, when, when there's a driving rainstorm yesterday, and yes. they continue to play baseball, at, yes. what, po- at what point in time do, do you say, and they, they finally wised up, but that was the damnedest thing, and I know the Twins don't go back, and I know they were desperate to try and get that game done, but when I'm watching... Uh, Chapman. By the seventh inning, it got. Yes. It was. was And Araldus Chapman, I don't want him slipping. No, no, no. He had, what what he had, wasn't it a bad knee? I I can't remember what his injury was. I mean, he he had a a recent injury, and I don't think it was arm-related. It was something else. So, yeah, well, you know. They uh, do the the fields do not get puddled as quickly as they used to because they have the system. But still, correct. You know, at a certain point, somebody you know, if ball's going to get away from somebody and hit somebody in the eye socket, and then we'll all feel bad, right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it was it was ridiculous yesterday. But uh, the bigger problem is what to do about Michael Pineda. He's terrible. <laughs> You can't get to the fourth inning. You can't get through the fourth inning. They're talking about the third time through the order. Uh, I don't think it's. I think he just runs out of gas completely. I think he's a he's a physical mess, and uh, it's not because it's not because he hadn't pitched in a year and a half. What's going on now? It's because he's not in shape to pitch. I don't think he was always a huge man, but he's way too big right now. Give me your estimate of his weight right now. What would you guess? Three ten. Okay. That makes sense. I'd say three ten. I'd say three ten. Yeah, because they they haven't yet come up with a jersey big enough for him. No, it keeps popping always, out. Always fighting his way out of the pants. As a guy who spent his whole life trying to keep his shirt tucked in his pants, I can tell you what the problem is. He's too damn fat. <laughs> Let's go untucked. Let's just go untucked. Yeah. Let's give up. <laughs> I don't think pitchers are allowed to. Are the pitchers allowed to have flapping uh, things? I Probably not. So uh, Cunningham, what was your perception of this guy? I I think that he's a good hire. I the made for TV stuff. You I don't I don't need all that. I thought he was relatively solid in the scrum that was off to the side that was not made that's for TV heard, and yeah. not on Fox yeah. Sports North. And that's what mm-hmm. I cared about. And the whole action over words thing because he's he's right about that. He can say all of this stuff, but if he doesn't do any of it, none of it matters. So I'm no. trying to reserve the right to judge him until he actually does things. But for the time being, I think it looks good. So he talked a lot about playing at a up up you know up tempo and shooting a lot of threes, but of course they got one minor issue with shooting a lot of threes. They don't have anybody to make threes. That's so that's, that's part of it. <laughs> is you, you can't you know, be Houston seven, North without the players. Going seven for forty is not uh, you know. Hey, we shot forty threes. Yes, but you made three of them. So uh, that's not uh, real good. So I don't know. Anyway, but I guess Saunders is going to get hired later this week. Huh? Boy, oh boy. 
Is that the word? Yeah. Yeah. Here's my theory, though. Yeah. He leaves Dallas, you know, after three months because he's frustrated. And this job comes along and he says, you know, if he's got to have a few restrictions on his all powerful status, I think he's saying, okay, it's five years later. I'm 40 now. I better take what I can get. So, yeah. I I don't think he can be as. as uh, uh, what is selective as far as having power as he did was five years ago when he was just a you know a really young man, thirty five years old, and getting a chance to be a general manager. So, good luck to him. All right, sir. He's only got the toughest job, and this is like shoving elephant poop in the circus right here with this this franchise. So, good luck to him. Talk to you later, Patrick. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. That is uh, wrapping with Royce, and uh, this show will be followed by Royce Unchained, in which he actually went unhinged. And uh, what's the difference his, between unchained um, and unhinged? Jonathan, listen in and you'll answer hear. that question. Yes, he went. Uh, his reaction to the Wolves' approach to that press conference was far more unhinged than unchained. He uh, let's say melted down very quickly, and but it's good stuff. Interesting, and he's not necessarily wrong because because the public doesn't get to go to the side sessions that you guys did, Danny. Correct. And so I think the public came away, and some people won't care, but some will. Clue. Sure. Like, we learned nothing about this guy. I did. Well, he likes his kids. Oh, goody. Most people like their kids. Good for you. He likes kids more than Tibbs did. All right, we're done. Uh, Danny Cunningham sitting in for Mackie and Rami today. We're all back tomorrow on Score North. Zorgad, um, I'll talk to you later. Bye.